Hello and welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we bring you the latest movie and TV news. What have we got to talk about in this episode? Well, let me tell you. Batman. Uh, so much Batman stuff. Uh, there's a new Ryan Reynolds project in the works. And the sequel, I think we've actually been waiting for. But before we get to those stories, we'll start with trailer talk. Bloodshot. Vin Diesel. What do you think to this? What is this movie about? I tried following the trailer. So there's like multiple memories. They're not real. Is it realities? What's happening? In this trailer, Vin Diesel keeps reliving his death over and over. But what they look to be doing is changing the identity of his wife's killer. And then this bloodshot character, who is Diesel will go out and kill for this organisation that has somehow brought him back from the dead. He's got these little nano bug bite things in his body that can regenerate and heal from any wound. He's getting his face blew off. This movie, right, based on the trailer, Bloodshot looks like Vin Diesel from any Vin Diesel movie. <laughs> Minus Guardians of the Galaxy and Iron Giant. Okay, yeah, no, fair enough. Every <laughs> yes. other Vin Diesel movie... Where he appears as Vin Diesel. He looks like this. Do you know what this character looks like in the comics? Uh, they're not bold. Bleached not... white skin, and he's got a big red circle on his chest. Bloodshot. And he's got red eyes. That's what the character looks like in the comic. There's oh, moments wow, in this trailer where his eyes go a bit funny. Is that because of the lighting? I'm hoping that... He does start to resemble how he looks in the comics because otherwise, what's the point? I mean, yeah, that's that's true. There's cool visuals here, like I mentioned, you know, the the lighting there. It's like whatever context those shots are in, it's like it looks visually different. There's things going on, gets a bit nuts, gets a bit bonkers. Like I said, I couldn't follow what even the trailer was trying to tell me. Yeah, I remember all this stuff about like he's avenging his wife's death. And, or he's his, getting and his a, death as well. He's getting a bit of deja vu. Hey, So he forgets this... every time he comes back? Because they reboot him. Right. Bring him back. And each time... And this is based on the trailer, the, what I've got from it. Each time they bring him back, it's so he can hunt down his wife's killer. So, that, so he'll complete the mission. They'll reset him and bring him back. But of course, at some point, something is going to go wrong. And he's going to turn on his handlers. Because they're the bad guys. Gapius. He's he's <laughs> Mr. Bad in this. I just, I don't know. Valiant Comics have always struggled, so they are not the big two. They're not DC. They're not Marvel. They're bigger than indie. Uh, they, they tried to reboot them all. They did reboot them, I should say, years ago, and I attempted once again to get into them. I just never could. Whether the, I mean, whether the source material is good or, or not, it maybe the movie it could be badass. But everybody wants a shared universe. Sony have already got the Spider-Man characters. This could be the start of a shared Valiant universe. So we've got Vin Diesel here as Bloodshot, and then there's all the other characters that I cannot bring to mind. <laughs> Archer and Armstrong. That's a comic from Valiant. And there's others. They'll be and household names they've eventually, done maybe, right? crossovers in the comics before. But I, I don't know. Vin Diesel does have me interested, but... What was that one that we watched, The Last Witch Hunter? Hmm. I'm getting reminded of that a little bit. And that movie was not good. 
I think in, like... I mean, this movie seemed more in the realm of, like... What did it like? Pitch Black and... And I know they had sequels, but it's sort of like, you know, they came, they were fun, and now they're gone. The grudge is back. <laughs> I um, yeah. watched this trailer, and start to finish, I was just uncomfortable. <laughs> I did not enjoy watching this trailer at all. you a fan of the, the, the grudge movies? The, I'm assuming the Sam American. Michelle Geller ones. Yeah, the American. I've, seen, I've seen them and watched them and liked them for what they are, but I've got to be honest... As a movie, as a concept, freaks me the hell out to the point where I don't think I could sit and watch this movie and enjoy myself. It could be the best made horror movie ever, and I could not enjoy this movie because it just freaks me out. Do you just not have showers anymore? Is that like- <laughs> I mean, it's just freaky, man. The noise and... Is that what it is? <laughs> this movie's set completely in the United States. I think with the Sam Michelle Gellar one, it's not completely set in America, or maybe none of it is in that first one. Though. I can't because remember. She, it's been a long yeah, time. Yeah, doesn't she travel? Oh, it's been a long time, yeah. Doesn't she travel to, like, Japan or yeah, something like that? Yeah, I think that's like that? what it is. But these movies are all about somebody investigating a serious, serious or suspicious death you got john cho in the as the lead character so i guess maybe they're trying to be like oh well there's ties to sort of you know the japanese origins of, right, of this okay. movie i'm assuming that's what they're doing could just be maybe coincidence. i don't know i mean yeah what do you think you liking this trailer um did we know about this movie is it something we talk you know how yeah, i always we've, forget we've talked about it before and i've got to be honest when they put the first poster on the black hair over the bath i shared it on social media you may have not noticed but all the other posters that they've released, I've just not shared them. <laughs> they bother me too much on a personal level. You're letting your personal fears yes. get in the way of... Not fears, it just makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I mean, this is Sam Raimi as a producer. That's did you notice they did that? I mean, they kept referring to him as a producer. <laughs> just don't tell them what other... Uh, that's an appeal, I guess, you know, like, get him giving us more horror stuff, that's fun. Um, but... The trailer, it looks fine, but it kind of just looks like old hat. It's what we've seen before. If you were like, oh, this is the Grudge movie from, you know, the early 2000s, whenever it was, I'd be like, it kind of looks like it. And he produced the other Grudge movies, didn't he? The American ones, Sam Raimi. He produced them under his, was it, Ghost Pictures Productions. I didn't know he had ties to that. Production company. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did. So it's like... The other Grudge movies, the American ones, but with less Sir Michelle Gellar. I'll be honest. Less the, appeal. The grudge, those Grudge movies never really did much for me. They kind of... I barely remember the second one. It was kind of like... They were just another... There was nothing special to it. So I'm not excited to see a third or a remake or whatever. Remake of the remakes. And I don't think it's been long enough to go out. Like I said, it just... It looks of the same age and quality as those other ones. I don't know. There's got to be an audience for it. I guess it's just not us. I'm sure it's made on a cheat on the cheap and people will watch it because people like horror movies and they'll yeah, it's a new one to watch. So it will make money, it will be successful the end. And there was a final Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker trailer. We're just not going to talk about it. Okay, good. <laughs> No need to talk about it. I mean, it's the final trailer. I watched it. <laughs> I watched it as well. Like maybe 
you want to stay away from it in case it shows you something you might not want to see. But I just feel as though, we talked about this before, when you get to the final trailer, you might just accidentally spoil something or... Well, that's what's you know, interesting. You know, I've been I'm the, the one shouting on rooftops, like, stop spoiling things in trailers. When you're going into a movie, you know, like, which essentially is somewhat of a final chapter to these Star Wars movies... You kind of... I don't want to know anything. I just want to get a feel, vibes. I want to get enticed to go see it. But I don't want any sort of story points and elements. I've seen online, like, backlash. People shouting up saying, like, this is bad marketing. Like, they told us nothing. What is this final movie about? We don't know. Therefore, the trailers aren't working. It's like, are you going to see the movie? Yes. Then shut up. It doesn't... You know, it really doesn't matter. So they're doing what I want. And that's cool. And that's all I guess I have to say about... The Star Wars trailer. Is so, that, as I say, it spoils nothing. We're not going to talk about the Star <laughs> Wars trailer in any way. So that's it for trailer talk. There are horses though, and that's something different. Anyway, okay, good, <laughs> good. That in. Again, we're still not talking about Star Wars movie news. Fine, movie news. What Let's do we have? Start with all of the Batman. Yes, news. there's. It's been a couple weeks, and it's been Batman. For us, it's been three weeks, and yes, quite a bit of. Batman news has come out. First up, Zoe Kravitz has been cast in the role of Catwoman in... And, of course, we're talking about the Matt Reeves, the Batman. Yeah, I, I like her for it. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited about that casting. You know, I did have the realisation that Catwoman is the stepdaughter of Aquaman Jason Momoa. Yeah. Mind blown. But that's cool. So, yeah, <laughs> we have a Catwoman in, in this movie. Yeah, I think... She's a, a great actress, so I can't wait to see what she does in this role. And um, Yeah, I think she's going to fit the costume pretty well. I'll move on. Jonah Hill is no longer in talks for the Batman. Uh, Warner Brothers and the actor were too far apart on a deal, apparently. So I mean, there was a bit of speculation there about... We didn't even know what character he potentially could have played, would have played. My guess was it was going to go to like the Penguin or something like that. But I guess there's no point dwelling on what could have been. Broadly, I like Jonah Hill as an actor. Yeah. Him no longer being in talks for this movie, I'm fine. That's how I sort of feel. I'm like, great actor as well. He's got amazing performances in him as well, you know, besides from his comedy stuff. Would have been good. But uh, yeah, I'm also just like, that's cool, whatever, move on. What we do get, though, poor Dano playing Edward Nashton. Better known as the Riddler. Edward Nashton. He, yeah, that is his name. You're thinking Jim Carrey Riddler, where he was introduced as Edward Nigma. Is that not the Riddler's name? Originally, in the comics, Edward Nashton was his name. You are blowing my, what I claim to be, Batman <laughs> fan brain. Even <laughs> in the Gotham TV series, he was Edward Nigma. Yeah. But they're going back to when the character was first introduced as Nashton. Oh, I feel like this is news in itself. But anyway, Paul Dano. Oh, yeah, that's the news, isn't it? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, this guy's good. I like this guy. He's He plays some very twisted little roles. Um, and often doesn't do this type of movie. Yeah, like, he, his roles are, you know, quite grounded, sort of realistic movies to an extent. Except for that movie he did with Daniel Radcliffe. The, the Swiss Army, Army Man. Yes. Yeah, good movie. The it's actually corpse. <laughs> a fantastic move past that. It's a fantastic movie. It's an aspect of that movie. Um, there was that one that 
I can't remember, it was like Ruby something, where like he sort of, he would write, he wrote himself a girlfriend and she sort of appeared and he started controlling her and stuff with his, it was weird. And there's that one with Hugh Jackman and, I don't know, Hugh Jackman locks him up in a thing and... Anyway, yeah, anyway, yeah, let's, anyway. Get, let's get let's get back to back the story. To it. Jeffrey Wright has officially been cast as Commissioner Gordon. Let's take a moment. Let's Great casting. Take a freaking moment. Really like him as an actor. He is the first black actor to have ever played Commissioner Gordon. Sure. The reason why I bring that up, just think about that for a moment. His daughter Barbara Gordon, black, Batgirl, never been a thing ever. <gasps> Rosaria Dawson it's your turn <laughs> Rosaria Dawson she's a little bit too old maybe Batwoman it's Ruby a- Rose has that coming on TV <laughs> but yeah but that that is different isn't it I mean we've we've got a black Catwoman in Zoe Kravitz but we've also had that before in Batman 66 so it's not going to be the first time yeah Eartha Kitt of course yeah and I think that's why no one I mean, they shouldn't be questioning it anyway, but that's more reason why no one should be like, oh, why is Catwoman black? It's like, it doesn't matter. And yeah, of course, we have a re- point of reference where it's like, you know, she was played by a black actress before. With um, Commissioner Gordon, again, got no problem with the colour of his skin. Cause Solid shit, actor. How, I'm very excited. However, yeah, fantastic. However, we've been under the impression that this movie, although without Ben Affleck attached could potentially still have ties to the DC universe at large, you know, the one where we have our Wonder Woman, our Aquaman, I suit, and etc. I think this is just going to be its own well, little thing. Well, with this, with this casting of Jeffrey Wright, I mean, J.K. Simmons is essentially the, the DCEU's Commissioner Gordon, as far as we know. So, I mean, they could re- just be saying, oh, we've replaced the actor, whatever. Two Gordons. We could have two Gordons. I mean, how many Jokers we got running around? <laughs> just <laughs> multiple characters. We've I, got... I don't think it works in the same extent, but sure, yeah. Like his cousin or something, or like his extended cousin. I mean, we've got young Pennyworth in the TV series. Yeah. We've got Jamie Irons as old man Alfred. <laughs> Maybe, but, still but I mean, out there. Those are definitely unconnected works I mean they are yeah so I, I don't know what they're doing to be honest but this movie The Batman as a film this cast has me very excited it is shaping up to really excite me and but just on top of the caliber of all those actors the composer that they have signed on to work this movie Michael Gear freaking Chino there it is <laughs> there amazing it. fantastic um, I mean you know how long I've been a fan of this fella and He's this is pretty much ticking off. He, he's basically just going after all the movies that Danny Elfman. Danny, <laughs> think about it. Batman, Danny Elfman, and then he did Sam Raimi's Spider Man. Oh yeah, true. I guess he's doing a bit in reverse. He's going from no, the MCU Spider Man to he Batman. was doing all of the John William covers. He took over Star Wars, Jurassic, oh, that's right. the Jurassic movies. I, yeah. He is such a good. <laughs> Composer, like I'm really excited for this news. I knew you would be being a big fan of his. Yeah, anytime he's attached to something that I want to watch, <laughs> that I will be watching. Did you hear how it came about? Um, is there a fun story to it? Um, Matt Reeves. Oh, how did it come about exactly? I read this weeks ago, <laughs> but there was um, a stage. I think it was in London, and it was an orchestra, and Matt Reeves was there, and I think Matt Reeves 
either I'm not telling this story very well, but one of them proposed to the other, and the proposal was to compose Batman. And it was the director and the composer on stage, and one was down on bended knee. Oh, like it was a, a great moment. Like a like, it, it was a proposal, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just wish I could remember it better. What did he say? Yes. <laughs> yes, he said yes. But, and, then um, they, and then they kissed and... They did and lived happily ever after. Uh, did you hear that Joker has officially passed Deadpool to become the highest grossing R-rated movie of all time? I did, but I'll, I'll continue to be surprised and amazed. It has made just over, to date, $900 million. The worldwide yeah, box think office. It's, I think it's like nine three seven. Oh wow! It is like very close to being a billion dollar movie. It could with the with the pattern of how the previous weekends have been going, it could potentially get to a billion by next weekend, which is madness. Again, like we were part of this mob mentality <laughs> as well. A Joker movie without Batman. What are you? This won't work. The budget that this that movie was made on was like fifty million. Like it's ridiculous. This, this will be one of the most profitable movies, yeah, of all time. Like, let alone you know, it's not gonna it's gonna not gonna be the highest grossing movie ever. Do you know what I heard as well? Todd Phillips, the director, and Joaquin Phoenix chucked in some money towards the budget. Big payday for them. <gasps> Big payday for so them. They are essentially investors. They will get yeah. I mean, I. I, I can't believe it. I mean, it, it, I can't believe it. I mean, we both watched it, thoroughly enjoyed it, but the success that it's continuing to have, and people like saying, as it was released, or just before it was released, that this movie is going to encourage violence. Have you seen the pictures online? It's people dancing on the stairs, <laughs> on those steps Wait, from the movie. Nah, but there have been some local people, like in the Bronx where it was filmed, like throwing stuff at those people. Oh, really? <laughs> so I guess. Well, that's not cool. But people just going out there and just, just having fun. But I think that's just them being annoyed at tourists and like movie nerds. <laughs> like, get off the stairs. Ugh. I was talking about a positive spin <laughs> on, on people thinking that this is just going to invoke violence in people. And I wanted to create a visual of someone throwing bread at someone else. But no, it's fantastic. And I, I guess the only concern is uh, with this high money-making machine is that someone's going to turn around and say a sequel is going to happen and that's just going to make me angry. But I think if they are going to, if they do announce it, it won't be until after the Oscars, I think. They're not going to want that to no, merge the yeah, waters. That's true. Yeah. All business. It's all. It's all tactics. Wonder Woman, 1984. Director Patty Jenkins has confirmed Pedro Pascal will play supervillain Maxwell Lord in the upcoming sequel. Do you know the villain? Yeah, it's Maxwell Lord. I don't know. <laughs> He's a is. very popular DC character. <laughs> you say that like yeah. In the eighties, yeah, bit of a slime ball. Not a bad guy. Not a supervillain. He managed. The Justice League International. Oh. And then, I think it's around 05, there was a big crossover event, and he was seen to have been a villain. He was behind the death of Blue Beetle. All this bad stuff happened, and then he's been portrayed as a bad guy on the Supergirl TV series, and now in this movie, yeah, he's going to be a villain yet again. But I think they're going to go for that business mogul, the Donald Trump type, and I think that's how they're going to sell this supervillain in 1984. Better than a real estate uh, beast, I guess. You're talking about Lex Luthor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, yeah, cool. Uh, Ant-Man 3, it's happening. I am very surprised that we're going to get yet another Ant-Man oh, movie. I mean, Although, I enjoyed both 
Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. On one hand, I'm I'm not surprised because it's like, why wouldn't they? You know, like lovable character, lovable actors, and you're like, why not? Still made money. But on the other hand, I'm like, yeah, the Ant-Man movies are some of the lowest money makers of of the bunch. So if they were looking at uh, which ones would we discontinue? Yeah, it would be these ones. Honestly, I'm I'm surprised. Um. I'm glad, you know, because yeah. they are they are fun movies and they're able to do them on a smaller scale. No pun intended. <laughs> Paul Rudd is expected <laughs> to return. Nothing confirmed at this time. And <laughs> but surely. it's likely for a 2022 release. But I mean, you'd expect Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, uh, who else is in those movies? Michelle Michael Pfeiffer? Douglas. Michael Douglas. <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer, yeah, she's yeah. in there. You expect them all, you know, Luis... Yeah. They should all... I mean, they'll be back. If this is happening... I hope so. They'll all be back. And yeah, so... But there we go. But at the moment, Peyton Reed is the only person confirmed to return. And of course, he's the director of both movies. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. We are getting a sequel. Officially to be released April 8th, 2022. There you go. Potentially the same year as Ant-Man 3. Good. <laughs> Marvel keeping us entertained. Well, that's uh, Sony there. Sony, Marvel, Marvel. Ah, you know, it's all Marvel. But exciting. Really enjoyed that first movie, and there's talks of TV tie-ins um, mm. officially getting a sequel. So this one, 100% not surprised. No. Uh, Venom 2, because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's happening. Mm-hmm. Money talks, baby. Naomi Harris <laughs> is in talks to play villain Shriek. Okay. She's a female symbiote person. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Tom Hardy, Michelle Williams, and Woody Harrelson will all reprise their roles with Andy Serkis directing. There we go. <laughs> Venom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just, yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, I feel like we've spent enough time on that story. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Uh, Deadpool 3, it's all about the Marvel sequels, isn't it? Uh, Deadpool writers confirm the franchise will remain R-rated under Disney. Can we take that as confirmation? Um, I guess what he says is, Marvel has promised to continue to let us play in the R-rated universe, and the hope is that they will also let us veer into the MCU a little bit as well. There we go. I don't know. very interesting. They can have... Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool standing beside other MCU, MCU characters and then just write it off as it never happened. Have it just... I think you can have other characters from the MCU turn up in his movie. You cannot have him turn up in other people's movies. That's where I think it would all come undone for me. I, th- I think where the confusion would lie and I think why you can't really... T- I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to sort of put in these tie-ins is the consumer the Disney brand the consumer will be confused not saying us and not saying you know an average general person who actually has a clue about things but you know families a parent they'll say oh look um, you know Spider-Man we know that checks out to be a family friendly suitable for my kid oh now the Oh, I heard Spider-Man's got to be in that Deadpool movie. 
That, that means that should check out and be clear as well. I'm going to go if we be talk, shocked. I get what you're Disney, saying. what are you doing? But if we're talking cinema, Deadpool 3, like Deadpool, and Deadpool 2 are rated movies. So even if a parent's like, hang on a minute, Spider-Man's in this. Can I have a ticket for Deadpool 3? My little kid wants to see it. Can't get in. Yeah, no. But, like, yeah. I, I do see where the confusion could be, but I think it's they can the get away with it. It's the yeah, but I think they can get away with it. If it's characters in Deadpool, you can't put Deadpool in an MCU film. That's where I think the difference has to be. However they do it, I, I just hope they work. I mean, ideally, it would just be like, yeah, he's they, everywhere. Like. They need to keep Deadpool the same tone as those first two movies. Mm. That's who the character is. I think if they just went the route, the route of like, he is completely messed up in the head and everything that is bonkers in his world is just in his head but the first well, the, the Deadpool movies didn't really establish that as really being his thing it was, it was just kind of like these movies are just bonkers so but I don't know that's been done now John Krasinski will write direct and co-star alongside Ryan Reynolds in a fantasy comedy Imaginary Friends is that all we know about that this? that is all we know at this time and I'm okay with that straight away I'm thinking drop dead Fred. Give me something zany with imaginary friends, something live action. And you're going to get a good performance. I mean, you always get good performance in comedies from Reynolds anyway. But Krasinski, like, have we seen him do comedy recently? It's been a while, hasn't it? He's got Jack Ryan on yeah. TV. He's got A Quiet Place. Yeah, political action thrillers. Uh, yeah, horror, like low-budget horror movies. Like, crazy. So Ryan Reynolds will be... The imaginary friend, right? Maybe they'll flip it, maybe oh not. Oh my god. Maybe <laughs> not. Did you see that movie they with Jason Bateman? It was called what was it called? The Change Up. Yes. It Unless, was the Freaky yeah. Friday movie. And when it was Reynolds playing Bateman's character, really enjoyed that. Yeah. It was a fun movie. Like from both sides, Bateman so playing having, Reynolds. No. Yes, yeah, so having Reynolds play straight and have Krasinski maybe being the larger than life character maybe or maybe like Krasinski's it's like a hell cynical imaginary friend like it's not as not so crazy as we thought it's it's more like he's just hell bitter and like bitching about stuff with his beard yeah I don't know and they could have released more news <laughs> and it might be something completely different but all we know <laughs> at the moment is those two are attached they're actually dads and like their kids have like have imaginary oh, friends yeah or like one of their kids has and they're trying to fight it or something I don't know turns out to be like a possession movie no, I don't think <laughs> something different. Um, the Adams Family 2 is already in the works uh, with the animated uh, revival sequel setting an October 2021 release date. That is not far away. Two years to spit out an animated movie. Here in Australia, we need to wait until December. Is that still not out yet? No. Like, what? Well, we would have reviewed it. I'm waiting for this movie. It is on our agenda. Are we reviewing it? Yeah, for sure. Oh, my God. UK, get it in November, but we have to wait until December. It is on the agenda. Didn't it come out, like, July in America? Like, I swear it was months ago. No, it was uh, last, I think, maybe a month ago. Maybe it's September. still time. fairly recent. <laughs> But yeah, we need to wait until December. People obviously liked it, I guess. So far, well, it's away. made enough money in yeah, it's every meant, territory it's meant except to be ours. Really good. So, it's meant to be good. Yeah. Disney Plus is developing a sequel to 1993's Hocus Pocus with workaholics writer Jen D'Angelo set to pen the follow-up to the classic Halloween comedy. 
how many times have you heard Hocus Pocus 2 in the works over the past 10, 15 years? Lots. <laughs> lots and lots so of times. times. But now we've got something called Disney Plus, and they are just sequelizing and rebooting... <laughs> sequelizing. <laughs> ...properties. And, yeah, why not bring Hocus Pocus back and put it out on Disney Plus? There's no confirmation that the original cast are back, but Bette Midler and the others... They've been asked, would you be interested? And Midler said, yes, you'd be interested. I mean, surely Disney, the people behind it, would want to bring them back. For sure. If you're going to make if, a sequel to it, And if you've got the back. actresses saying that they want to come back, that looks good. Have their people call their people and it's I think all... I think it'll happen. It's been talked about, like you say, many times before. This time, I think mm. it could actually happen. And I guess it's it's not like... Oh, this is a this is a sequel on the Disney Channel. I think that Disney Plus will have some sort of credibility to it, where it's like say, a yeah. movie that's put out there has legitimacy. Yeah, I think if so. it was a Disney Channel movie, a TV movie, that's a different thing to what Disney Plus are making. Like we've seen the trailer for Lady and the Tramp, does not look like a Disney Channel TV movie. The Workaholics Rider, part of the news. Puts me off of my with my exposure to the workaholics material. I don't think that TV show should be your basis. <laughs> I just listed that as a credit because that's what the person's known for. I'm gonna have to look them up. It is not credits. gonna have the tone of workaholics. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, just those guys running around. They're the witches. Anywho, Star Wars. Ah, Star Wars. David Benioff and D.B. Weiss will no longer be producing their planned Star Wars trilogy. Um, the Game of Thrones showrunners have exited their deal to focus on their upcoming Netflix projects. So they were given a big, hefty amount of money on a piece of paper contract thing saying... Turned it down. From net, well, from Netflix, they were given a... So what's going on with Star Wars? Like, Ryan Johnson, he was working on his own trilogy... And then he wasn't, and now he says he kind of still is, and then these guys are leaving. I'm waiting, well, with with the Ryan Johnson thing, I'm waiting until episode 9 comes out, and then there'll be some sort of announcement like, oh, Ryan Johnson uh, scheduling conflicts, will no longer be doing you know a trilogy with us, blah, blah, blah. Sorry to... It's, it's hard to you know have him around. Maybe They're Lucas... holding off because they don't want to distract... The whole marketing I get that. thing. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Lucasfilm were also just waiting to see how well Knives Out does. Even though <laughs> that's a much smaller movie. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris has joined the cast of The Matrix 4. I'm getting flashbacks of Starship Troopers. Remember when he played <laughs> a, a doctor or some sort of scientist in that movie? He was a, he was, he was younger than He was doing youthful. something, yeah. But um, yeah. Join the cast. Jada Pinkett Smith is reportedly in negotiations to reprise her role as Niobe. Completely forgot she was in it. Yeah, why? Like hundred percent. She was <laughs> a younger lady. I'm like as well. reprise. <laughs> I thought she'd been added to the cast. And Iron Fist star Jessica Henwick is in talks to join the cast as a Neo-like character. Now. Jessica Henwick, was she the lead actress in Iron Fist? No, that was Danny Rand, Iron Fist. <laughs> or are you talking about the... Oh, what was she called? She was his girlfriend. Oh, and blanking on her name. I said the lead actress. Not the oh, did you? I thought you said the lead actor. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, That's Danny Rand. Um, yeah, the, 
Yeah, I the one that wasn't oh, Danny Rand. Name? What is her name? Because she is a, an MCU character. I'm blanking on her name. Anyway, Iron Fist girlfriend. But very her, good. Like we were talking about, you know, who I'm talking yeah, about. yeah, 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 yeah. For the life of me, I cannot remember. That. I, I just, I've burned that show from my memory. <laughs> oh, um, this all sounds good. I mean, nothing, nothing putting me off. So it, um, I still stand where I stand with Matrix Four. Like I'll watch it when it comes out, but I'm not pumped for it. I still find it weird that they're calling it Matrix 4 because there's only one Matrix film and it's really good. <laughs> Don't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, two or three. Did they ever make those? I just... So Neil Patrick Harris is definitely going to be an agent because I'm pretty sure he just wants to wear a suit. Right, yeah, sure. yeah. Hey, you know what? He, he likes suits. He'd look like a good agent. I mean, he looks good in a suit. That's okay, like, great. That's his thing. Yeah. Is it? Uh, well, I don't know. Okay. How many mother? Yes, How many mother. That was, that really was his, his character's thing years ago when they made that show. I love that show. Even the ending. Didn't see it. So what else is going on in movies? <laughs> Taron Egerton confirms that the final chapter to his Kingsman trilogy has a script and calls it a neat idea. Cool. Have you heard that they're making a remake? <laughs> it's a bit, bit of news, isn't it? That's it. Kingsman 3. You know, there it is. So that's what Egerton thinks. So that script. Um, the craft reboot that they're, that they're making... Michelle Monaghan has joined David Duchovny, both in unspecified roles. Okay. Good. We did our Halloween special, and I rewatched The Craft, and I feel as though that movie has been done really well. I don't feel the need for another one, but they're doing it anyway. It's what they do. We talked about the new Grudge movie, <laughs> but it's a remake or a reboot. They'll just do them all again. David Duchovny has me interested. Yeah, always good value. But when is it? The craft. Okay, so that's it for movie news. Uh, let's start with TV news. And normally, I would let you go first. Sure. With it being Crisis on Infinite <laughs> Earths news, I'd like to just deliver it. Just do <laughs> so, it. Um, Stephen Lobo, you may know him from Supernatural. I don't, do you? Give me the character name. No idea, but he's in that. Oh, well, he has joined the massive Arrowverse crossover as Detective Jim Corrigan, who acts as host to a powerful cosmic entity known as the Spectre. Oh. All for this. Again, I'm not familiar with Stephen Lobo's work, but char- the character, the Spectre, is a really cool character. We started to see him in the Constantine TV series, but unfortunately, that did get cancelled not a lot of crisis news this time around but as always i will keep you guys updated just googled stephen lobo no idea who he is <laughs> okay good what else do we have um the cw is developing a superman and lois spin-off series starring tyler holtzman's superman and elizabeth tulock's lois lane first thought shit title not a good title <laughs> Superman and Lois. Is that That what they are going to call it? That is what they are calling it. That may change when the show actually airs, but at the moment it is called Superman and Lois. Hang on a second. One of your all-time favourite Superman TV shows is called Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. How is that any different to Superman and Lois Lane? I think that's Lois and Clark sounds so much better, and it's his name and her name. Like... I don't know, Superman <laughs> and Lois. It does not have the same ring to it as Lois and Clark at all. I I don't think it does. I can't. I, I think it, I don't think I don't see an issue with it. But I don't know, that's just me. I'm sure there's 
many other things they could have called it Superman Family I don't know just a different <laughs> title like this show it's going to show us a different part of Superman's life Superman Lois she knows who he is in the Elseworlds crossover they leave Earth for Argo City because Lois is pregnant you've got to think their son will be John Kent just like in the comics he goes up to be Superboy I thought if we were going to get a Superman TV series, it would have been the Kingdom Come Superman, Brandon Routh. It's not. So I will take this Superman TV series. I am just hoping they redesign the costume. Yeah, because you. Yeah, it's, it's a bit. There's problems. It's a bit enough. But Tyler Hoechlin is a good Superman and a good Clark Kent. So I am excited for this show. I'm just not as on board with the title as From you. what. You know, I obviously haven't watched as much of the CW as. Well, like anyone really. Um, but what I've seen of, of Superman's, what they've done with him like in the in the Supergirl show and stuff, it's like they, they kind of just use him to... Well, I mean, they use him to lift the Supergirl character up. Not and, always. And he... It's not his show. Right? The, the show's that, not, and then I not about him. I appreciate that, yeah. I mean, there is times where he is there to prop her up and some viewers have issues with that but again like it, it's her show like if it had been his show it would have been the other way around I just like she would be a supporting character etc et yeah and yeah. ordinarily that is the case I just think he's got a really good take on the character I think I've talked about it on the podcast before and you may have even seen this episode where you've got Supergirl and Superman together and they rescue somebody together and then the people are safe on the ground and then Superman and Supergirl are stood together and Supergirl turns to Superman and she says, I like to go and talk to them or speak to people after, you know, after she'd rescued them. And him as Superman, he just smiles and says, me too. And they walk over together. And it's just a great moment. Yeah, I really like so, what so, he's doing in the role. So this is good news to you then? like It is very good news. Like and again, you like... Want, I mean, obviously you wanted uh, the Kingdom Come Superman, but you're happy to... To get more of this Superman. I'm really happy and... to get more of the Superman because it's going to give us a Superman TV series or a live-action Superman story that's not been told. We've not had it. Like, if they were to do something outside of the Arrowverse and give us a new Superman TV series, it would be the destruction of Krypton. It would be young Clark Kent. It would be the origin again, whereas this is a fully established Superman. Yeah, it'd be like Smallville, but streamlined. Like, yeah, first season, he's Superman, done. <laughs> it's done. So like, now it's sort of like, they're already like playing in an area that we've only really seen a little bit of in Superman Returns, where you find out Superman's got a kid, but even then, that's different to here. This is like, again, Lois Lane knows that Clark Kent is Superman. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they incorporate some flashbacks and stuff of a young Clark Kent in this show. And I'm all for that, that's fine. them two meeting and stuff, you know, like, same actors, slightly younger and all that. But honestly, like, having a Supergirl show on the air, Batwoman's just launched, I did not think they would then launch a Superman live-action show. So, yeah, it's good news for me. One final point, I know we're sticking on this a lot, but we've always said, you know, like, if DC have a TV uh, character on TV, that pretty much rules them out for a live-action film as well. Do you think... And that's kind of been the trend. Do you think having a, a Superman TV show prevents a Superman movie? No. Are you sure? Superman Returns, 2006. Smallville was on the air. Yeah, but he wasn't Superman. He was. 
Yeah. He didn't put the cape and tights on until the finale, but he, he was Superman. Because, I mean, show. you could say that the same about Gotham. Like, we had a Bruce Wayne show, but, you know, we still got Batman movies. But anyway, I think, think it's all good. Circumstances change, Cavill comes back, maybe we'll still get Superman on the big screen. Maybe. But on the small screen, like, DC are doing so much. We're getting a Green Lantern TV series. This, for me, came out of nowhere. Oh, we're definitely not getting a Green Lantern movie. <laughs> I mean, apparently we are. <laughs> but my first thought is like, right, okay, so how are they going to do Green Lantern, you know, these special effects, every space opera Already adventure. sounds expensive. It does, doesn't it? That sounds like how expensive descriptive Can words. they possibly pull this off? And then I thought, Star Trek Discovery. Oh, every yeah. week it looks like a movie. The Picard show looks fantastic. So I think they've got to a point where they can do good-looking sci-fi on TV. And this is Greg Berlanti. You'd know him from all the Arrowverse shows, but this is not that. This show will be airing on HBO Max. So maybe it's going to have a bit more money behind it. But also, as well as Green Lantern, HBO Max are going to put out a anthology series called Strange Adventures, which is going to uh, feature some of the more obscure DC Cosmic characters. Adam Strange is said to be in there. We did get to see him for the first time in live action in the TV show Krypton. Unfortunately, that one was short-lived. But yeah, Green Lantern and Strange Adventures. Yeah, there's a lot. And, you know, more. More DC stuff. Uh, this one called DC Superhero High. So Charlie's Angels director Elizabeth Banks, that's the credit we're giving her now apparently, will produce a new half-hour comedy series focusing on a bunch of teenage DC heroes and villains. Are we thinking teenage versions of, you know, the big names? I think so, yeah. I think that's what they're going to be leaning towards. But this is live action. Because okay, they've yep. kind of done it animated already with DC Superhero Girls. Because even that will have like a young Hal Jordan, Green Lantern, Barry Allen, Flash. Oh, okay. But this is a live action half hour comedy series. Do you think that's where they'll get their inspiration from? Like that sort of, like that toy line and those, that animated series that sort of came with it? It's separate from that. Okay. So where is this? Is DC Superhero High? That was DC Superhero Girls. The fact that it's a comedy you can sort of just be silly with it and it's it's okay. DC doing a sitcom they tried before they with Powerless. It. Yeah. it got cancelled before they aired the full season. Did we ever get the end of it? Ever? They released it online and I think they re-released the Adam West episode after his passing. Okay. But it, it didn't work then. Maybe it'll work now. With Charlie's like Angels it. director I... <laughs> Elizabeth Banks <laughs> attached to produce. What would you have preferred? Knocked up actress <laughs> Elizabeth Banks. Oh, that doesn't sound. That's the movie she did. I'm not saying she's pregnant. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Uh, Pennyworth. Have I you mean, heard this? I mean, she been... could be. Who knows? <laughs> she could be. Pennyworth has been picked up for a second season at Epics. Okay, fine. I'll watch it. Jeez. Here <laughs> in Australia, we get it on Fox 8. That's where a lot of the. DC Universe shows seem to be going, even though Pennyworth isn't DC Universe, but I'm thinking more Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol. Don't know, Foxtel. Well, I haven't watched it. But then Doom Patrol Season <laughs> 2 apparently is going to bypass the DC Universe app, which is still US only, and that will be on HBO Max. 
So Warner Media are doing some weird things well, they at the moment. Sort this shit out. I don't know what's going on. Um, for the Game of Thrones fans out there, sorry about this, but the upcoming Game of Thrones prequel series starring Naomi Watts has been cancelled by HBO. But did you hear that there's a new Game of Thrones prequel? I did. House of the Dragon. Didn't excite me, but Coming yes. Coming to HBO. <laughs> this one will be produced by George R. R. Martin. That's how you say his name, R.R. Yeah. So he's the writer of the books, yes, right? That's yes, that's him. He wasn't have he wasn't involved at all with that other prequel. So I don't think too many people are that fussed, although they did shoot a complete pilot for the <gasps> Naomi Watts. They shot show. the pilot. I'm pretty sure they did, yeah. Yeah, that might not be correct, but I'm pretty sure they shot a pilot. And if they did, I'm sure it'll end up as a special feature on the House of the Dragon DVD. <laughs> there you go, Game of Throners. What else do Is we have here? Um, House of the Dragon will be set 300 years before the first show. I don't know what that means, but it might be exciting for people. So if it's about if it's about the House of Dragon, has that got anything to do with that chick I like, the Amelia Clark? Um, I don't know. Okay, someone let me know. I don't care, actually. Don't let me, I don't care. Um, Star Wars, The Clone Wars, Season 7 will debut on Disney Plus in February 2020. Still have not seen a single episode, but I really want to. Did you not? I thought you went and started watching... Star Wars Rebels. Ah, that's what I you did were the doing. the whole thing. Right. So I've not watched Clone Wars yet. But I do want I do want to see it. I watched the movie before they did the series mm. at the cinema because I thought, you know what, I'm never going to get to see Star Wars on the big screen again. I've looked at the list of everything that's coming to Disney+, Plus. haven't remembered everything, but surely Star Wars, The Clone Wars, is all going to be on there. Oh, no, it will be. So, yeah. yeah, there's Dave, your excuse. Dave release. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm going to catch up. Oh, yeah, so you don't know. It was on Netflix for a long time, and then just they decided to bloody watch it, they took it off. Netflix. Oh. I'm blaming Disney+. Plus. <laughs> they took it off. <laughs> Who Framed Roger Rabbit director Robert Zemeckis is producing Tuned Out, a new animated live-action hybrid series for HBO Max in which cartoons help the main character, played by Christopher Lloyd, deal with a very rough patch in his life. And this is Looney Tunes. That's all I know at this, this oh, stage. Oh, so it's actually Looney Tunes it's, characters? Yes, so the cartoons in question are Looney Tunes. Oh, so they're not making new animated characters. Like, no, this wow. is Warner Brothers Looney Tunes. And Christopher Lloyd is the human interacting with the cartoons. Oh, I'm actually surprised by that. Like, Christopher Lloyd is, you know, he's getting old. Like, he's an older guy now. Um, but the fact that he's, he's still acting and he's still doing things, that's, like, good on him. Excited about this. So Robert Zemeckis is always uh, a pull for me, and I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, obviously you've got the connect, the Back to the Future connection with the but look, Chris there. Yeah, so. but looking at what Zemeckis did with Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and now all these years later, sort of revisiting that, yeah, concept. I'm yeah. intrigued. Yeah. Hopefully, we get this HBO Max yeah, in Australia. What is this HBO Max thing? We've talked about. I it, think it's soon to be released in the US. Maybe next year for us. But we're getting Disney Plus. We can't have it all. <laughs> okay, one last TV news item. Netflix is turning Jeff Smith's Bone comics into an animated TV series. What is Bone? Well, Bone follows the adventures of the three Bone cousins after they're driven out of their hometown. <laughs> Bone. <laughs> after traversing through a desert, the three are separated and must make their way through a fantasy land where they collide with humans and creatures. 
What is this, man? <laughs> I have never read a single issue of Bone, but I've been familiar or I've known of it for a very long time. It and it's... just clicked. I've seen the covers. Yeah, you would have. It's the... very popular. And the... it's yeah. been around for a very long time. I'm familiar with the title, the design of the title. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of potential of this. And it's going to be a Netflix series. Could be good. Yeah. And now on to the recommend section. What do you have? I've got a movie for you. And it's it's one that when we did our Halloween special, I probably could have recommended, but I figured it was too new. And I wanted to save it for here. Ready or not? Oh, don't say too much because I really want to see it. No, I won't. Spoil. Then again, I think the trailers show me a lot. <laughs> that is a very revealing trailer. <laughs> it looks good, though. Um, I... I don't know why, but I think I only came across the trailers twice when it played in cinemas. I didn't watch it online or anything, and I didn't absorb any of it. But the wife was like, we're seeing that, and I remember, oh, Adam Brody's in it. Okay, yeah, we'll see it, which is always a good uh, appeal. But basically, black comedy horror film directed by Matt uh, Bettinelli-Olfen and Tyler Gillett. Um, You've got Samara Weaving as a newlywed who becomes hunted by her spouse's family as part of their wedding night ritual. Um, heaps of names in it. As I said, Adam Brody, Adam Brody sorry, Andy McDowell. Um, there's a few more. Um, it's it's pretty bonkers. It looks really good. Um, you've got the whole stylized sort of setup to the mansion, but it's like set in modern times, so it's like the characters are very much, you know, from the world that we know, they've got, you know, live cell phones, stuff like that, or mobiles. So it's, yeah, it's cool when they sort of are kind of bringing up this old school tradition, like this ancient thing from their family into the whole mix. And it's like some of the reactions to what they're doing. It's, it's fun and it's nuts and it's violent, clever, funny. It ticked all the boxes and we just went in going, ah, look, Horror movie, we'll, we'll go see it. Bit of a comedy, yeah, why not? Walked out, holy crap, fantastic, I was saying. I said it about five times walking out. <laughs> You're fantastic. recommending a movie that I really want to see already. <laughs> I want to see this movie. So I'm not selling it to you, but to the, yeah. the fine folk at home here or wherever you're listening, yeah, I mean, check I'm not this out. going to see this at the movies personally, but I will, as soon as it comes out to rent, I'll be watching it. It looks good. I think it's already made enough money to, I don't know, make it warrant being a thing. I don't know. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Right, okay, good. <laughs> I'm going to recommend The Movies. Good one. What? <laughs> <laughs> it is a documentary miniseries, a look at the history of movies and their impact on culture. And Tom Hanks is one of the producers on the show. Very well produced. I'm talking like it must have been really expensive to them for them to have used the stock footage that they have access to because they're using all of it, it seems. It's a six-part documentary. Each episode goes for an hour, and it works its way through a different decade. Well, for the most part, it starts in the 80s, the 90s, 2000s to today, the 60s, the 70s, and finishes with the golden age. I've never heard of this before. I need you to tell me exactly where I find this. It is very good. <laughs> um, I watched most of them on YouTube. A lot of them were uploaded there. So I think it was a, a CNN production in oh. the US. I'm sure they're going to put it together as a box set at some point. Yeah, I would like it to legally access this somehow, but if YouTube's the way to do it... Uh... I mean, YouTube's fine. 
you can watch things on YouTube. <laughs> it's there. It's there to be watched. I, know, I didn't upload it, but it's it's fantastic. It's called the movies. I did read something as well. Like years ago, they put out a version where they were individual, like sixty-minute documentaries, but they didn't quite have as much access or as many uh, as much access oh, okay. to the clips that they now have. Because you're watching it, and it, it is it is fantastic. It is really good. It's for anybody that is a movie fan. Check it out. It's brilliant. And the fact that Tom Hanks has put his name on it like just speaks to the standard. It, very well produced and worth so watching. So I guess if you're looking for it and you're not sure what it, where it is, like if you see that Tom Hanks connection to the... Oh, know, the poster's the great. It's got Eddie Murphy from Beverly Hills Cop, Beetlejuice is on there. Uh, it's got um, John Belushi from Animal House. It's brilliant. It's really good. But I'll, I'll put the poster up or the... Yeah, I'll put the poster up on social media. You can see it there. It's brilliant. And just to close out on some trivia, Hocus Pocus. We Ooh. talked about the potential sequel earlier. Disney bought the script in 1984. They sat on the project for eight years. And the original title was Disney's Halloween House. And was supposed to be a much darker and scarier film. Hocus Pocus sounds so much better. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's obviously achieved what it's set out to like it's a it's a halloween tradition for many people it's been a while since i've revisited this movie but i found this interesting the fountain featured in the opening credits of friends is the same fountain in the front of the school i read that somewhere once and yeah, yeah. Yes, i there did you know go. that but um a friend's hocus pocus connection well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films Review Podcast. We also have our companion shows, Rewind and Review, and Sounds Like Comics, which each have their own Facebook pages. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsdewpodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent reviews of Zombieland Double Tap and Terminator Dark Fate. Sounds Like Comics did a recent episode looking at The Crow from 94 and Rewind in Review recently went back to look at The Simpsons Treehouse of Horror 11 to 15. And I'm going to mention our Halloween special one last time because it was our 200th episode and it was a hell of a good time putting it together. Had a lot of fun. And I talked quite a bit about Vampire in Brooklyn. The Eddie Murphy horror movie. I will not watch it. I've looked at it. I'm not. <laughs> Check it out. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film shoot. See you soon. Salute.